0: Welcome everyone to this edition of the Regulation Tomorrow podcast from NRF. Uh, my name is Jonathan Herbst the Global Head of Financial Services. I'm joined by two of my partners, Hannah Meekin and Albert Weatherill, both experts on the area of crypto. And we were going to t- today talk about the Treasury, HM Treasury's consultation on crypto assets. So, Hannah, over to you. Can you just give us a few headlines from the paper? And we're assuming people have read our summary on regulation tomorrow
1: yeah absolutely the so i think that the kind of main point to make clear to everyone which i guess will be abundantly clear from what people have read and heard is the this is really the a kind of clarity on the direction of travel in the uk in terms of the regulation of crypto assets and in particular the fact that certain activities are now going to be regulated when they're being undertaken in relation to the relevant types of crypto assets. Or at least that's what the proposal uh, is talking about. So we're talking about quite a broad range of activities, um, including operating trading venues, um, admitting crypto assets to trading on such venues, uh, custody activities and a whole range of dealing activities, as well as operating lending platforms. So... A really kind of broad range of activities and kind of uh, building on the existing Financial Services and Markets Act uh, regulated activities order that we already have in the UK. Um, I think the other thing to mention is territorial scope. So this is not just talking about activities that are being carried on in the UK, but could also capture overseas firms that are doing these activities with UK customers, Um, albeit that there is a um, uh, looks like there's going to be provision for a reverse solicitation type exemption. Two other kind of big headlines, I think, um first of all, a, a regime for issuance and public disclosure of uh, for when you're issuing crypto assets. And the other thing, um, de- essentially developing or extending the market abuse regulation to capture crypto assets as well.
0: Thanks, Hannah. So one area we just wanted to touch on is, you know, the scope of the assets, I think a lot of us have been surprised at just how broad ranging it is. Can you just touch on that and give a bit of a bit of explanation of that?
1: Yes, absolutely. So obviously in kind of phase one of the regulation that's being discussed already, we've been talking about stable coins that are used for payment purposes. But this phase two of the UK regulatory regime is appears to be looking at a very broad range of crypto assets. Um, so could include, for example, um, not just security tokens and exchange tokens, but also the kind of what have currently been seen as unregulated utility tokens, as well as non-fungible tokens, so NFTs, um, and and a whole range of other types of assets that could be seen as crypto assets. The there isn't a, a kind of complete definition at the moment, but it it looks like it could be very broad.
0: Thanks, Hannah. So basic summary is, it's a a new regime, lots to think about. Coming down to the practicalities, Albert, can you just sort of explore the timing question and the process from here and what we're actually looking at?
2: Sure thing. So at the moment, we've got a consultation. So inevitably, there will be some discourse and dialogue with the industry. We've got until the 30th of April to respond, after which there'll be some consideration. We don't know what the timing or how long HMT will take to evaluate those responses. Uh, we fully expect that this will be a popular consultation. They will likely get you know large body of responses. Lots of people will want to have a say on the direction of travel in this area. So isn't we can't quite say yet exactly when we're going to have we're going to be in a position to have a more refined policy statement, uh, you know, and, and a response to that consultation setting out the defined measures. A number of these provisions that Hannah talked about uh, that, that need to be changed uh, through delegated, sorry, from through secondary legislation. So there will need to be some parliamentary time in order to get those statutory instruments through. We're also conscious that, you know, next year we're likely to see in a, a general election. So unclear how, how much parliamentary time there will be. So I think in thinking about the timing, we'd be surprised at this stage, and this is just this is just our initial take, whether we see anything in force from a you know, legislative standpoint, from before kind of Q3 2024, it's possible we could be looking at later than that. So, you know, there is a little bit of time now for, you know, those in the industry to take stock, you know, consider responding to the consultation uh, and start thinking about planning in terms of how this might impact some of their broader strategic plans, both in the UK and, and, and more broadly.
0: Thanks, Albert. That's really helpful. So just one question we're getting a lot of at the moment is around grandfathering, either for authorised firms or for those firms you have got the AML registration. Can you just touch on that? Because I think that's a big subject.
2: Sure thing. So unlike prior regimes that we've seen where we've had sort of fairly significant step change in the regulatory framework, there doesn't appear to be any real grandfathering. So if you are an authorized firm already under FISMA, there doesn't seem to be any mechanism by which you can effectively utilize your existing license and and, and provide crypto asset related business. and therefore, those firms would have to go through the variation of permission process to to expand their permissions. Similarly, for those firms that are currently registered, Crypto asset service providers, so they've been through that AML registration process. There again, isn't a mechanism by which they can readily convert that registration into a full authorization, and so those firms would have to go through and be authorized. And, and, and the FCA, sorry, Treasury says in the paper that the intention would be to try to put some sense of efficiency and proportionality around that process, so they can leverage some of the information that's already been provided. But you can't escape the fact that, you know, as currently drafted, and let's see where we end up on this you are really starting from scratch again in a, in a new authorization process. Now, it's possible there could be some transitional provisions that come in for those registered firms whereby they may have slightly a longer window to convert across to full authorization versus those coming in afresh. That's certainly something I'd expect the industry to be calling for. But again, unclear if that is the intention or that's where we'll end up at this stage.
0: Oh, thanks, Albert. So one final practical question, which really flows from all of this is what do we think firms should be doing right now on this relatively tight timescale?
2: I think it's a case of Really assessing what your strategic go forward are. There are firms who have been thinking about, you know, Mika, they've been thinking about applying for registrations in the UK. And they're looking at that, thinking, okay, how do I balance that versus what we know is now coming down the track? They're also trying to get a sense of impact. Are they caught within these measures? You know, the stable coin proposals that Hannah mentioned earlier on were actually impacting only a really fairly narrow subset of of the industry this is much broader and and it really changes that regulatory landscape so i think firms will be looking at this you know taking stock in the initial aftermath of the publication thinking about how this impacts the different elements of their business you know not just uk firms but overseas firms who have you know customers here in the uk thinking about what that means for their group structure do they need a presence here in the uk will they be going through that process and also generally in time thinking about how one operationalizes for, for these types of measures? How do we scale? Does it impact the timelines for certain of our products? Do we need to be thinking about, you know, changing budget allocations and other things? And as we know from other pieces of legislative change, MIFID, F and Brexit, where we do have a long lead time, you know, that deadline creeps up on people pretty quickly. So as ever, the more prepared you can be in the, you know, in, in the early days, the better that will serve the organization as we get closer and get greater clarity to when these provisions will actually apply from. Oh, thanks, Albert. Very wise words.
0: Just to finish up, we've talked a a bit in this podcast around the licensing requirements, but the other piece of this is the financial promotion regime. Hannah, can you just uh, sort of explain to everyone where that fits into this?
1: Yeah. So HM Treasury has been consulting on extending the financial promotion regime for crypto assets, unregulated crypto assets. And they also today published a response to that consultation which essentially confirms that they will be proceeding with that extension of the regime um, broadly along the lines that they have proposed. Um, there are a few changes in the scope of the crypto assets that will be captured um, but broadly it's it's the same as what they have been talking about and, and so that will then trigger the process for the FCA to finalise the uh, rules that will apply to those types of financial promotions as well. Um, the the thing that I think is kind of noteworthy in relation to financial promotions is that HM Treasury has listened to some of the feedback that the industry gave in terms of the um, kind of how restrictive it would be for unregulated crypto asset firms to be able to communicate um, their, their promotions, their marketing materials. And uh, given that they will probably be relatively few authorised firms that are either able or willing to approve financial promotions for these types of assets on behalf of others. And so what they have done is to create a kind of temporary exemption, which would mean that those firms that are currently um, registered with the FCA for AML purposes will be able to also communicate financial promotions in relation to crypto assets Um, subject to the same rules that will be in place for the authorised firms. So I think that's a really interesting development and a kind of clear example of where government is trying to make this, uh, A, listen to feedback and B, make the regime um, proportionate.
0: Thanks, Hannah. Right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you to Albert and Hannah. There's a huge amount in there for those who haven't had the joy of reading it. We have, as I said at the beginning, brought out a couple of publications already and more to follow and more podcasts to follow. We'd be very happy to answer any questions. Otherwise, see you next time.